I'm Zoe. And I am Hatim. And today we'll be talking with John Hill about his career in project management. Hi, John. Welcome. Hi. Hello, Zoe and Hatim. How are you? We're good. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at the director level in PMA Consultants. And I'm currently assigned uh, out to a, one of our larger clients, an electric utility client, and I'm uh, helping them in their project management department, supporting uh, various project managers for some of their uh, some of their larger projects, especially some underground transmission projects. Can you tell us a little bit about the the start of your career, if you can uh, remember back that far? Oh boy, that's a great question. I guess I guess some back in university where I was in the engineering program. Um, so I got into that and started learning the technical aspects of engineering. But uh, all along the way, it was always um, when real world examples of, you know, well, what do engineers help do? They help build projects. And it was kind of that's probably the genesis when I saw, oh, wow build cool stuff, build big stuff. And uh, so that's probably that's probably where I got on the track to being involved in executing and building projects. What's the first physical building or project that you were involved with? Out of university, I was involved in uh, extending the Washington DC subway system. Uh, which which had already opened phase one, but they needed to they needed to extend it out into the suburbs. So I, I was that was my first assignment out of university, um, and I ended up in the cost and schedule department to support that, uh, and then uh, went into the schedule review department to help do the integrated schedule and contractor schedule review of. Uh, CPM schedules, which uh, back when I graduated was quite, quite, quite the game with uh, hard copies of CPMs, not electronic and desktop computers and that kind of thing. So uh, that was good fun. But nevertheless, it kept me uh, uh, involved in a project. And I actually, you know, could take a truck out of the pool and, and go visit the job site and understand with my eyes what is is what the contractors saying on their schedule is it reality or you know is not lining up with uh, reality so that was my first assignment in in the wash in washington dc and how you made the transfer from like the engineering department to the scheduling department what make you interested in scheduling in general um i also realized in university that um to be an excellent engineer you 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 had to understand um so many codes and uh and and also where to begin and how to analyze structures quickly and and um not just you know moments in a beam and and uh you know asymmetric loads on columns it was it was a lot harder than that and and and, and in my time they were the the structural software was just in its infancy. It wasn't really that common. I had one professor who actually could could calculate deflection on a chalkboard on a real life situation before the period was over. And um, 
I just shook my head. I, I, I told myself, yeah, I, you know, I might not get there. <laughs> so what's related to projects? What's other thing? And, and, and um, uh, planning and scheduling uh, is related to it where you, you try and, and, and the other thing I liked about planning and scheduling was um, at the time, remember computers were uh, big and not mobile at that time. But um, I thought, I thought my future would be to demonstrate that you can help with projects using computers. Uh, that, that's just a given today, but, but um, you know, back in 1980, it wasn't a given. So that's what, that's what made me think that, uh, yeah, project controls, project management. Uh, I, I, I'd like to stay involved in the project. It's just I don't think I'm going to be the best structural designer in the world even though I did take some very hard classes on, and I know a little bit about structures, but uh, uh, I, I could see it was to, to be, to be really good and efficient at it. It was, um, you kind of, you kind of, you kind of knew after three semesters or so, you, you might not be the best at it. You become a professional engineer, not in just one state, actually in two states. So tell us about that. After Washington, I actually went overseas to Saudi Arabia and then came back to a hydroelectric project and then went out to California in a highway expansion program in Santa Clara County. Uh, and during that time, I was in one place long enough that I could look into getting some credentials. And um, in the late 80s, it was, uh, you know, professional engineering, cert you know, certification was was um, big and, 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 you know, respected, still is. Uh, although there's other certifications that people look for now. Uh, so a, a friend who I'd worked with in Saudi and I decided we would buddy up and we would hit the books and go to the um, review course together. Um, uh, Michael Lindbergh, who, who actually, I think his, his book was used for like a decade. Uh, and and uh, he actually taught you know most of the classes and he had experts come in to teach the rest of it. And my friend and I both passed the uh, national exam and the special survey exam. And but we flunked in California. You need another special exam, the seismic exam. So there's, you know, a few extra requirements in California and the seismic exam is one of them. So long story short, it took me three times to pass the seismic exam. Uh, so but I did. Just, just, just before my son was born. Thank goodness, and uh, so that was that was very, very, very proud of that. That was a, that's a hard civil engineering license to get. So, um, yeah, I was still interested, and in it was still project related, and still good to know about, um, you know, what's in, and and that that to this day makes me favor being involved in projects with heavy civil work, uh, because that's that's kind of my background. So then did you get your certification in mass uh, before that or after the, the PE that, in that California? Mass was mass was after after actually I came to Massachusetts quite a few years. I just didn't take the time to finally I took the time to look into it years after I'd been here and um, went for reciprocity um, where I don't have to start over from, you know, I can use my credentials and, and, and get it. Um, and you have to go through NCEES, I think. And I thought I had what they call qualified for a model engineer. And they came back to me and says, no, actually, you don't. When I was in 
University of Illinois and you take the uh, fundamentals of engineering or the EIT exam, we, you're not taking the new, what's becoming the standard NCES exam. You're taking an Illinois version of the exam, which, which is, if anything, harder. But remember, you're not taking that, and that could affect transferring your license in the future. Well, geez, that was in 1980. <laughs> so, uh, you know, fast forward to, what was it, 2017 or something like that. And then, that, so shockingly, they said, no, you don't qualify, so you have to produce engineering work. So I had to come up with uh, what we what they call here in short term, uh, a pound of paper of where you 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 produced engineering, demonstrated engineering, you know, work, which I did, and I did get the license, but um, it was a longer road than I thought. But again, you know what? It was worth it. So yeah, I have a license in two states. So uh, how did you find yourself at PMA? I had worked with uh, more than a few PMAers uh, on a big assignment, uh, uh, the Central Artery Project in Boston, which was a huge project. Again, a highway, a highway project, a highway tunnel project. And um, there was a lot of PMAers there. And uh, near the end of the project, I... I uh, uh, for family considerations, I couldn't leave the Boston area. And of course, my company at the time said, okay, it's time to go. The next assignment in Texas or Turkey or, or wherever. And I said, I can't go. And so uh, I I talked with uh, uh, one person in particular who I worked with a lot on, on one of the big contracts. And he suggested uh, I... Uh, maybe jump over to PMA, and uh, I did, and it worked out very well. So, uh, but that's where I had, I had worked with PMAers before, so I knew, I, I knew, and I, you know, I enjoy working with them, and still do, but the, that's how I made the jump. Nice. Uh, what was your, like, first assignment with PMA? The first assignment, uh, it was kind of two assignments. I, I, I helped with resolving time entitlement claims on that same project, but I was with PMA, but every day, most of my hours were uh, on a pharmaceutical project up in Andover. Um, and that was interesting because it was totally new to me. I, I wasn't familiar with the bioscience you know, field and uh, it was, a, two things happened. Uh, I learned a lot about, you know, when, when you make a large, make a drug on a large scale to get the key ingredient. What, what is that? How do they do that? What are the steps? What's the equipment involved? Um, and also, um, there were some schedulers uh, at that biopharma place who also were on the big dig. And um, so we all worked together to learn. There, uh, there was a new version of Primavera coming out that was uh, no longer the DOS-based version. It was going to be the Windows the Windows version, the P, I think it was P5 up there. And uh, so that I, I learned a lot about biopharma and I learned about the newest version of, of scheduling software, the, you know, the most common software around. And so um, at that, that was good too, to, to learn that. Uh, and because as time has shown that, that, that did turn out, has turned out to be the dominant uh, scheduling software. I think, Based on your background, you are in a unique position to tell us about the CBM scheduling before software and after software. 
what's the difference and and how it change your perspective in in scheduling um when you did it on hard copies back in uh when i was on the subway project in washington dc um you know you had to look at various sorted reports hard copies and 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 write up uh everything had to be written down the process was slow and it was a full-time job um whereas now most owners request uh, perhaps a hard copy but definitely a soft copy and uh, using the same software the review will be done by loading up the soft copy and looking at it that way and making electronic comparisons or looking changing the layout the way you want to see it and uh, quickly drilling down to what you think is important um, plus uh, when you do what if scenarios um, really that was really hard on paper whereas now you can take a copy of the schedule and you can change anything you want and you can hit a button and it schedules instantly which I've you know not that many years ago even rescheduling a a large schedule was was kind of a big deal uh, you know when you were doing it over uh, uh over a slow modem uh and you had hundreds of activities you know you, you could hit the schedule button and you, you knew you had 45 minutes to go eat lunch and then and then come back uh and today it's just fantastic you just you know well what if i did that oh oh no i meant this and you can just literally click Oh, nope's not quite right. Click it again. Oh, it doesn't get the date I want. And it's like, wow, you can really. So for planning purposes, uh, fantastic. Just we've the, the industry came so far, has come so far. You know, I know Primavera is the best software, but uh, I know when I was doing the bar pharmaceutical jobs, <laughs> the uh, corporations were handing out Microsoft Project like candy to anyone who wanted it because they wanted them on take, you know, the, if they were willing to budget the time to learn how a critical path, you know, can be put together. So that was uh, just just massive uh, training available on the on on soft copies of scheduling software just really come so far. So it's, it's, a, it's you know, it's an industry now being being there's being a scheduler is in high demand as as most people know. So um, what PMA clients have you been working with recently and what do you do for them now? I've worked with the biopharma client, uh, it's a little bit on the central artery. I worked with a contractor to do the um, base schedule for uh, a life science building at Dartmouth College. Uh, I did another biopharma, which was grassroots. There was nothing there. It was up in Devons, Massachusetts on a state-sponsored uh, incentive program for factories and businesses to move out there in what used to be the Army base. Uh, and then after that, uh, worked for a large electric utility company in the, in the Boston area, which is where I'm still at. So those are the, those are the different clients. Uh, you have been part of uh, BMA Braintree leadership team since February 2020. Uh, how's that experience been for you? Yeah, you know, another part of your career is, you know, you start and you do something and you're part of a, 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 a machine, if you will. 
and then uh, hopefully you you know you climb the ladder, uh, make it up to a uh, like myself, maybe a manager level director. We call it director level, um, um, and and it's a little different. It's you know you're not so much. You try, you try to keep up with the technical things and the uh, you know best practices and things like that. But now you're now you're part of your part of your assignment is to um, help others and uh, you know afford them some guidance on maybe uh, help them find their their best talent and uh, uh, so they can so they can you know follow in advance and uh, be a resource that. Uh, uh, you know, helps helps others learn, and so it's qu it's quite a gear shift. Um, I, I'll be the first to admit that for the first few years, um, that was added to my plate. I was um, scratching my head a bit. It was like, what the heck? After a few years, it, uh, I think I got more comfortable with it, and uh, I actually enjoy. Uh, you know, I'll use the younger members of the. Of, of of the company as examples, I you know I I, I enjoy uh, uh, rubbing elbows with them and hearing their you know their thoughts on what what their challenges or what they perceive their challenges are and and uh, maybe maybe help you know help them prioritize maybe what's next. So uh, yeah, that's that that was a huge change for me and um, it's not for everybody. Uh, a lot of people like to just stay technical and you know be a technical and that's great. Uh, both both paths are hard. Being a technical expert expert is 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 no easy task, but uh, managing people is is no easy task either. So, uh, but I chose that one, and uh, yeah, it's it's going pretty well. It's going. I and I still I still help the client out. So, do you have any general advice for someone looking to advance their career, or someone who's starting to manage others and move move into that role? Other than, you know, be ready for change and listen. A lot of us, we don't, we come into it and we're not good listeners, you know, so you're going to have to learn to listen and it, and it takes, it takes more of your time. <laughs> you know, if, if you're, if you enjoy being part of a team and, and, you know, helping everybody go, you know, everybody's on the same team, then I, in the long run, I don't think it's a problem, but, but your, your skill set has to expand and, and grow from from maybe what you when you were worried about getting an engineer license or certified on primavera or or whatever it is technically um this is a different this is a different road um you don't you don't have to abandon the other road but it's kind of a new road and uh it requires it requires expanding your skill set you're going to have to uh exercise some muscles maybe you haven't exercised before you're leaving PMA soon. Why now? Yes, I am leaving PMA, but I'm leaving the workforce and I am retiring. Um, retiring at the end of next week, actually. Uh, just it's it's you know I've had a I've had a long career. I did uh, 25 and a half years with one company and 17 more. So that's what's the math there? 42 and a half years. Um, that that's good. That's a good run. It, it's time. Uh, you know why? Why not? Why not go out while you're you know you're enjoying stuff? So you are going the retirement club. What are you gonna do? I know you are a busy person. What are you gonna do with your time? Well, um, you know there was some advice given to me not long ago, um, and the thing was for the first six months, don't try and do anything specifically.
Now, that doesn't mean I don't have any ideas. I, I do have ideas. I like to stay involved in music. I'm a trumpet player from way back in grade school. Um, I played in two different orchestras in the Boston area uh, through the AARP uh, Association. I, I uh, help people in the springtime do their taxes. It's generally set up to help older people do it, but um, because I had worked full time, I actually got sent to a, a, a library in one of the bigger towns west of Boston and we took walk-ins hope to maybe reconnect and continue to help people so if you could go back in time to the beginning of your career is there anything that you'd say to your younger self yeah i would i i think i and i and i i'm glad you brought that up zoe uh um going straight through school you know high school college work for the rest of your life i i would break it up I might look for internships and co-ops. Uh, I definitely would. That, that's what I would say is um, I know when I came out after four years, I had a, a vague idea, but, you know, for a few years, it was, it was like, I, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know. Well, when you go to the office, what, 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 you know, how do you communicate with other departments? And I didn't know any of that stuff. Well, if you, if I had done an internship or co-op or something like that, at least maybe I could see, some of the general stuff. So that that would be that's a good question. That's a good question, though. Yeah, that's what I'd do. That brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you, John, for joining us during this discussion about your career as a project manager with PMA. We hope that this discussion was beneficial to you, the listener. Thank you again, John, for joining us. Well, you're very welcome, Zoe. I've definitely enjoyed my time at PMA supporting project management and the different projects I've been assigned to. Uh, it, it, it's been great. Thanks. And thank you, John, and we're going to miss you, but we understand and we wish you a happy retirement. <laughs>